I've been sitting in the same chair, wearing the same clothes, for the last five days. My wife's out of town. There's been no need to shower, shave, or cook a nice meal every night. Cook any meal, for that matter. I've become a recluse, obsessing over the production schedule, researching, writing, recording, then rewriting and re-recording. Today I'm procrastinating, because I haven't completely locked onto the flow of this episode. Shouldn't be a surprise as I've barely left the house. When there's no input, you should expect an equal amount of output. What I do know is this episode is about discovery. Rediscovering discovery. That's what it says in my notes. That's how I drew it up in the outline. But no matter what I write, it comes out as meandering, drivel, preachy. And I can't stand preachy. So I delete it all and begin again. And then, again. I'll take a shower. A hot shower usually triggers a breakthrough. And there's science to back it up. I'm oversimplifying here a bit, but basically being in the shower tricks our brain into switching from convergent thinking, where we consciously try to work out the ideas we have in our head, to divergent thinking, where the brain works them all out subconsciously, makes the connections without us even knowing, because we're relaxed and calm. It worked, in a roundabout sort of way. You see, on the way back to my desk, I tripped over my road atlas. Now, I don't know about you, but I am strangely attached to my Rand McNally road atlas. It's tattered, bent, and stained. Crumpled post-it notes with cryptic notations stick out from all sides. When I'm not tripping over it, it's just off to the side, lurking, tempting my attention span. Psst. This is how it usually plays out. Working, working, writing, writing coffee. I let my attention drift for just a second. Glance around my workspace. Hmm. That duct tape mic stand has seen better days. I should order another set of these headphones in case they ever decide to discontinue them. Wow. I gotta trim my toenails. Then I see it on the floor, under the empty Doritos bag, my atlas. Picking it up is dangerous because that little detour leads straight to the rabbit hole named Google. 20 minutes later, I'm no closer to finishing my script. Or am I? I've discovered a church. Yeah, no duh. Mexico's full of churches. I know you're not impressed, but this is not just any church. It's a church constructed entirely from metal designed by the famous architect Alexander Gustav Eiffel. What the hell is a big metal church designed by the Eiffel Tower guy doing in a small coastal town in Baja, Mexico? Let's go. You didn't think I was just going to read a Wikipedia page, did you?
Santa Rosalia is about three hours away. That means I should arrive just as the taco places are opening. That's never a bad thing. Okay, I'm approaching the military checkpoint. Hola, buenas tardes. ¿Cómo estás? ¿Dónde vienes? Uh, Loreto. Sí. Santa Rosalía. Rosalía. No, eh, haciendo una historia sobre uh, la iglesia. Sí. Que tengas un buen día. Gracias. Adiós. So I just entered Santa Rosalía after about three hour drive up the Baja Peninsula. Not too bad. Not too bad. It's a beautiful day. Nice and hot. Just passing the marina. Some local taco shops all looking really delicious. Some signs for the church. And the famous roundabout where I make the left-hand turn. Pretty tight-knit little community. Lots of trinket shops, restaurants, and small markets. Wow, and there it is, right on the corner. Guess let's go check it out. All right, I'm going in. Wow. Um, amazing and not amazing at the same time. It's probably 60 feet deep by 45 feet wide. It's got a steel structure. The roof is much like a gym. Looks more like a gym with crystal chandeliers. The evidence of Eiffel is pretty apparent once you turn around and look at the door. There's a steel girder structure that looks kind of just like the Eiffel Tower that's supporting the roof on one end. The interior walls have been covered with that knotty pine paneling that uh, resembles probably your grandmother's basement in 1974. A lot of the stained glass has been removed, but still a significant amount up top. And what's left is pretty beautiful. So how does a church designed by the famous Gustav Eiffel find its way to the desert of Baja? Well, it's a little involved, but follow me here. Back in 1697, Spain, the ruling dog, realized that controlling a region so remote as Baja, California was like trying to rule on Mars. So the king had an idea. He sent a Jesuit order to construct a series of missions running the entire length of the peninsula intent on converting the native population to Christianity and the European way of life. Got to 1868 when a local Mexican, Jose Rosas, finds a big chunk of rich copper ore in the desert. Two Germans find out about it and offer Jose 16 pesos to show him where it was found. That discovery was discovered by a French geologist who worked for the House of Rothschild, the richest family in the world at the time. They purchased the mining claim from the Germans and bang, the Baleo Mining Company of Santa Rosalia was born. 1887, the church was built to be displayed at the Paris World's Fair of 1889 alongside another of Gustav's creations, the Eiffel Tower. The church was constructed of galvanized iron panels to withstand the harsh conditions in Africa, but it never made it to Africa. Shortly after the Paris Exposition of 1889, it was disassembled and shipped to Brussels, Belgium for storage. Years later, an official working for the Baleo Mining Company purchased and shipped it to Santa Rosalia. 
That was a long way around. There's a point to all of this. The church was interesting, but I didn't tell you anything you couldn't have learned from the Wikipedia page. The point was to make the effort to go and see it. These days, everything is available online. Everything, including discovery, is convenient. We've become allergic to inconvenience. But something's lost to convenience, and that's effort. Shit. Maybe this episode isn't about discovery. Maybe it's about effort. Nope. No, it's discovery. Let's, let's continue with the French connection here. Marcel Proust wrote, The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Now, I started this podcast as a way to rediscover and see with new eyes, a part of my creative self I've been neglecting. I challenged myself to create something, make it as good as it can be in a reasonable amount of time, release it, and move forward. I've set goals, and I can't achieve those goals without this show. But this show doesn't happen without this episode. And in the past, when I've run up against a creative block like the one today, I walked away and told myself, it'll work itself out. I wasted an entire year with that disastrous plan. The new tactic is to fight through the noise, focus with new eyes on the big picture, and then let it fly. Talk through the process and the pitfalls, not as any sort of expert, but as someone trying to get 1% better every day. You don't need to drive three hours to an historic church or spend a lot of money to rediscover discovery. Maybe what you discover is right in front of you and has been all along. You just had to see it with different eyes. Hey, thanks for listening. Join me next week for the first episode in a series called Strong Coffee, Strong Women, where I get to share a great cup of coffee in conversation with some amazing women. My first guest is country singer and songwriter Taylor Lynn. Taylor's the granddaughter of country music icon Loretta Lynn, and I spoke with her a few days after she played the Grand Ole Opry in celebration of Loretta's 90th birthday. I had to go in at 6 a.m. the next morning and get my baby bottles, you know, reduced and turned into little pacifiers. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> yeah, what a great question. Gosh, Chris, nobody's ever, that's such a great question. You sure about this? The fringe kind of points down to the hoo-ha and like, it's like, really? I mean, it's paisley. The sleeves were big paisley and it was orange. Maybe I was raised that way too some. I don't know. That was a roundabout way to answer that one question. Is it harder? Is it therapy? I think it's both. That conversation drops next Wednesday. If you haven't already, subscribe and spread the word because this show doesn't go anywhere without you. You can find this episode and other episodes at themindunset.com and make sure to follow us on Instagram at themindunset. Until next week, be nice, do good stuff. <laughs>